Hey everyone, this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. Although I am a licensed clinician, I'm also just a person. I love to be able to be in my real life and speak from that point. And that's where this podcast is coming from. So enjoy. Searching for a truth. Looking for answers. There must be a way to another day. Hey guys. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Um, yeah. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. One right next to me. Mm-hmm. You know, this is her second full Mother's Day. Yeah. 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 My first Mother's Day, Joe purchased something for me from Facebook, and he thought that it was going to come in on time. And it never did. It probably wasn't it even a real. Hasn't come. Probably wasn't hasn't even come. a real site, and it still hasn't come. And they stole my money. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyways, mm-hmm. Uh, this yeah. Mother's Day, <laughs> I got a full day to myself, paid for by my husband, mm-hmm. and I don't know what I'm gonna do. No clue. I can't even think about like what am I gonna do by myself? Like besides get my nails done, you know? Like I don't know. Yeah. And it's got to be on a day where you normally would just be here with me or whatever, like whatever. It's yeah, Monday or cleaning the house, Wednesday. running errands, doing this, yeah, yeah. my daughter. Right, right, yeah. So just, I mean, obviously give me a heads up. But. I know. Um, yeah. So today we're just going to, this is going to be a fairly quick one because at least a little It's time. a fairly quick one because I'm... <laughs> I mean, we could get into so, that. Yeah, we can get into well, that. Hold on, let's so, let's just talk about like. All right, so so I do want to talk about uh, the relationship between emotional intelligence and where society is right now with that, and then also right now we'll get into something called Delta Eight, which we've been talking about over the past few weeks. Yeah, uh, but now we've had a real. Real good experiment a, here. A different, <laughs> a different experience. So, I don't know why Joe continues to make me a guinea pig. I don't know if you guys I remember. Remember in like, our yeah. last podcast, he made me a concoction of CBD and whatever to help with like my arthritis and all this stuff. And remember, he didn't tell me how much to take, and I just took what I thought was enough, and then it got real serious, right? Like I almost had a panic attack. I couldn't go to work. Like, um, so that was that experiment. Then last night, so I can't watch movies past seven o'clock. Basically, if I watch a movie past seven o'clock, I'm falling asleep. Yeah. And you're like so really annoying. sick of it. I know you're so really annoying. over it. Like he's like, he actually gets like pissed off. It's like I might it, as you know? well just watch movies by myself. You know, a- hold on. You, you watch movies with people. So you can like afterwards and like relate and enjoy the experience together and, and review and right you know so I'm basically just doing that by myself all the time. But my <laughs> thing is I'm still like I start off awake. Yo, last night you fell asleep within five minutes of the movie. 
You know why, though, I fell asleep is because this Delta, the way the Delta 8 really hit me was crazy. So Joe wanted to experiment and he was like, hey, Uh -uh. why don't you take some? Joe got in a new batch or whatever of something. And so he was like, hey, do you want some of this Delta 8? So maybe you'll stay awake. And he like manipulated me with his like manipulation games and made it all like. It literally took two seconds. I said, (laughs) hey, you want to try some of this Delta 8? Sure. That's how it actually went. I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll stay awake because the other Delta 8 that we're used to is the one that we originally got, which is that lollipop. Great. I had no like... Or the vape pen. Or the, or... Right, right, right. I just feel like I'm like up, normal, and I'm awake. Everything's cool. This okay. one was a water-soluble This was water-soluble, one. which I guess hits different guys. And who knew? Because I didn't know. And he only it's gave me stuff. like less than... It was like less than a gram. So it was only like... 20 milligrams of Delta 8, which is fairly average, low dose. Still don't know. So anyway, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll actually stay awake. This is great. I'll, I'll watch this amazing movie called The Wander. If no one's ever seen it, watch it. And we'll get into that in a second. She doesn't even know what it's about. So anyway. She thinks it's so, awesome, but she only saw half of it. So I took the Delta 8, and then lo and behold, I passed out so quickly. So I pass out. Then when I wake up, I don't know how much longer after I passed out, when I wake up, I woke up in a very rare state because I don't remember feeling like that. Last time I felt like that was maybe like four years ago, three years ago. You listen. No, like straight up. Like I'm the not way even like, she was, I'm like, like dead ass serious. The last time I felt like that was like four or three years ago. Like that was that was like back in the day when I just used to when I had like no responsibility really. I was hanging out, no big deal, blah blah, get a little tips or whatever, a little but like what happened last time? And like I'm not saying it was bad, you guys. It was it was actually cool. Like I thought Joe was all fucked up. Like, yeah, you fell asleep for like an hour and then you woke up and you were like ready to roll. So you got up at like maybe 11, 11.30 and the movie was basically over by then. It wasn't over because there were so many things happening and I remember exactly what happened. It was intense. But uh, then, yeah, then you thought that you were just like felt super high, I guess. But from the outside looking in, it looked like you were having a great time. Great you were time. Just like I was having a great awake. time. We were talking. I was having know, a great time. And yeah, you were having a good time. So but I that's don't know because why you I put a negative that, spin on I this. thought you were high. So I was like, we're both. Well, also, the movie that we were watching is called The Wanderer. And then where she woke up, she kind of started figuring things out, I guess. But I woke up at like towards the end where like the movie is now piecing things together for yeah. you. And, and, and your mind is like blown. But we don't we won't like spoiler alert. No, any can't. of this. But can't. basically, it's this guy that throughout the movie you're not sure whether the movie is real, like in his thought process, or if it's really happening. Not really. It's, it's either happening or not really happening. At the end, you kind of start to understand, start to like, oh, so wow, this could all be in this guy's head and not an actual Right. So if anyone's reality. ever seen A Beautiful Mind, similar type kind of take, right? Where, like, we weren't sure whether he was hallucinating everything that was happening, people were, you know, or if it was actually really happening, right? So she like, wakes up in the middle of this and starts getting into it, and she's, like, kind of, like, high. And then I start realizing that she's feeling... And you're messing with me, right? So, you were purposely. So she's were asking you? me like questions, like, "Is this real? What is real?" I was like, "I don't know. I don't know." <laughs> no, I know. What no, no. But then I heard something, and something happened, and I was like, "Wait, Joe, stop! What do you? What happened in in that moment? You bugged me out so bad." 
Oh, no, that was afterwards when we were watching Saturday Night Live. And, and so we're watching Saturday Night Live, and, but we're watching it through like our phones or whatever. I don't know. This is the whole other story we can get oh into my God. having to do with Dogecoin and Elon Musk. But so we're watching Saturday Night Live, and the, uh, Miley Cyrus comes on to sing. Oh. But then the guy, so like whoever's live streaming this, this shit, like paused it, like not paused it, he muted, he muted it, it, and then put another song right. on top of it. But then I was playing the the actual Miley Cyrus live thing from my phone, and she was like, "What is going on? They're they're singing, but it's not the right words." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, I think it's just a delay a little bit. It sounds weird." Like, and I was I like, "No, know. Joe, you're telling me that this sound is coming from this right?" Like, and he was like, "Yeah, that's what I." And I was like freaking out uh i guess you had to be there yeah i don't know i was like so (laughs) wow that was wild but anyways we ended up staying up till like two in the morning two in the morning which understand i don't do Leah hasn't done that in like five years oh my god you got i need eight to ten hours of sleep okay for me to be i'm a morning person eight to ten hours i'm ready to go you give me only six or five my eyes are heavy i'm tired I, yeah. I just can't function. She's not making it past six o'clock today. No way. Out of here. <laughs> so, yeah. So then we're, we're staying up to watch uh, Saturday Night Live specifically For- because Elon Musk is on there. Right. And then there's this whole Dogecoin thing going on behind the scenes, which you may or may not be familiar with. It's a digital currency that has kind of really ramped up over the past few months. You guys, I never honestly like... I never in my life thought that I was going to ever be a part of any type of like nerdy ass shit that I was a part of last night. (laughs) I was just so like invested with this freaking Dogecoin, which I still don't even know what the hell it is. And this cryptocurrency, which I guess is just money that you have that's virtual money. And waiting for Elon Musk to say Dogecoin. Which he did several times, and then, then the stock went through the floor. Like, I don't even understand the whole... I don't know. Didn't make any sense. But I actually thought that it was a great Saturday Night Live, to be quite honest. It was actually was pretty actually good. really, really into it. And they structured it around Elon Musk's his awkwardness. Yeah. And it was actually super funny. Yeah, yeah. It was. Good job. Kudos. Yeah, he did a good job on that. Um... So anyway, with that being said, I told Joe he has to take over because I am just like... So you know we're in trouble for this podcast. We are in trouble. We're going to be all over the place. It's going to go into a fucking conspiracy theory, <laughs> already a beautiful are. mind, the wanderer type of shit right now. We already are. We already went into all kinds of things. But my main thing, for whatever reason I thought of it this yesterday, was I was thinking about... Well, how did we get into social, um, emotional... Emotional... Well, you call... I don't even yeah, want to no, say... Yeah, we won't say what I said. But <laughs> <laughs> emotional... Immaturity. Immaturity. Uh, how did we even get into that? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, well, I was thinking about... Yeah, damn it. I don't remember how we got into that. <laughs> Before we do this, I specifically asked Joe... What are we going to talk about today? Okay, like well, I know what, what I want to talk about. I'm just and he's trying like, to... I got that. and I'm like, you're going to have to do it because I'm not in my best form, you know. And here he is. I'm just trying to remember what sparked that off, but I guess it doesn't matter. 
Um, well, I was Delta 8 high, so I have no idea what. No, I was just enjoying the... Prior to that. Episode. No, it's not. Oh, it was yeah. during that. So I was having this intense philosophical conversation with you. <laughs> Which was awesome. Like, maybe we need to get you on Delta 8 when we come on the, the podcast here. We can get really deep for hours. I mean, you went for like two hours talking about all kinds of shit last night. Crazy. Um, you had said that you think that you believe that the majority of society is emotionally immature. I don't know how that started, but right, right, right. Because oh yeah, I think it started from like thinking about kids and soul and like how they. Uh, it's an emotional. Most of the like her, you know, when when our daughter, um, you know, is upset or screaming or something, she she's. Oh no! It was based on you when she gets like that, right? So, as a mother, you're like wanting her to like feel better and safe and okay so emotionally you respond to like holding her and hugging her when the reality is if uh you don't do that and and as long as it's not something that's like pressing and like she's actually hurt or something like if it's you know what i'm saying i don't she, believe this is how we got the no? conversation started I, I i believe it had nothing to do with parenting or kids or their development i think it did and then I spun it into society. And it made sense because a lot, I was thinking how parents raise their kids and sometimes they would react emotionally when a kid is upset. But when, say, say a kid, say, let's just make an example, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you start these habits when your, your kid is like one or two and, and maybe... The kid doesn't want to eat dinner with everybody every night for like five nights in a row. And then either the mom or the dad just says, okay, you don't have to eat. And then the kid's like, nah, 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 and says like, drags the mom or dad over to the toys and hangs out while everybody else is eating dinner. Now, that is like an emotional response to the moment. Now, what that person is not thinking about is the long-term effects of this, Right. Uh, this kid has figured out that if I just bitch and moan at this particular time, then I don't have to do that thing with everybody and I can drag mom or dad over here to play with toys, right? So um, if, if, if you're reacting emotionally as a parent and saying, oh, look, uh, Johnny doesn't want to eat and he's really upset about this food or whatever and and it's okay he doesn't have to eat everything and that's a that's fine we're just going to go play over here you guys finish eating that's an emotional response the logical response to that should be like no if you're trying to set the tone for the rest of the their lives even you're thinking like hey let them whine and cry um, but don't give in to the emotionalness of this. So I think I'm going really deep with this, but I don't and you're not you're... like tapping in at all. I'm basically talking to myself right now. You know why? <laughs> because I'm confused and I'm confused because I truly don't believe that this is how the conversation got started. Okay. Why are you still stuck on that? <laughs> are you still on this Delta eight? Who cares? I've just made a new example. <laughs> I, so therefore it's throwing me off because what I remember you talking about last night was how uh, you felt as though 
<laughs> right. And I'm going to get into it as long as, like, let's but keep this going. This connection here. is throwing me off because there's nothing to, cause, because I, I'm I, about to connect it if you keep going with me here. <laughs> I got connected. Okay. okay. So, are you with me or without? I'm, me I'm on, a little confused, but go ahead. All right. If a kid bugs out, at dinner time, every single night, and then one of the parents I know what gives you're saying. in. They, yes, they so give in, they react. No, I get what That's you're an emotional response to the moment because the kid's screaming and yelling, and you want him to stop. Yes, but that's right? not how I'm looking at the emotional immaturity conversation that we have. Okay, well, like, those well are then separate, like, when we get to that thing. part, we'll be able to dice it up, okay? But I'm not there yet. I'm trying to, like, paint a picture, which is a horrible picture that I'm painting right now because you just interrupted it. Anyways, so... Everybody understands this scenario, right? Now, if, let's say, a large majority of the population over the course of the past 50, 100 years has been emotionally giving in to those types of moments. Now, that is a specific moment that I decided to paint a picture of. It could be anything where the kid is not dying but is whining and crying because they're choosing, they want to be the leader, but... As a parent, you're supposed to be teaching them like life lessons for the rest of their lives. And like these little things may seem like petty dealing with dinner or toys or whatever. But as they get older, they relate those things to everything else in the world. Would you agree with that? Mm -hmm. Okay. So this is the connection part, right? So now if, 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 if you agree with me that maybe a large majority of the population has been doing this for God knows how long and getting into these things. Then you create a whole culture and a race of children who just are basically just used to just getting whatever they want all the time. Um, and also somewhat um, emotionally... Um, challenged in a way mm -hmm. because they th that's they're not connecting the right emotions to things i think or or things are driving their emotions that they are unaware of such as fear or um i don't know other things that 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 they're they're thinking of that could happen in the future or whatever right that could be negative right um so if you relate that to society now, such as, you know, um, I don't, anything from like 9-11 to the coronavirus to whatever else has been happening over the past like 30 years or whatever, people are reacting in an emotional way for the most part, fear for the most part. So what is driving everybody to wear masks and everything? Because they don't want to get corona they're scared it's a fear whether that person wants to admit that or not that is it because if you're not scared of getting corona then none of this shit matters to you right and if you actually logically look at all the numbers and the percentages <laughs> which nobody is fucking doing joe why does this always have to go to that it's like you you want so badly to convince people of what you're saying, but guess what? Well, I thought this was a good Who way to do this. Who cares if people don't see that or not? Who cares 
It's like, it's the difference between day and night. Right. Like, but it's not like, I mean, like, people have to figure that shit out on their own. On their, How do they figure it out on their own? They listen to the King Vant Truth podcast. And maybe <laughs> get a different perspective, possibly. You know? Do you get what I'm saying here? Does I get, it make sense? I get what you're saying. So basically, I'm is trying it so to like far fetched? No, I just think that it could have been explained in a totally different way. So, hundred percent, you just been sitting there on your Delta Eight coma. You know, <laughs> if you would like help out with this conversation. <laughs> so this is why I need Aaliyah. Like, I sit down and I'll have conversations with people. It'll take me fucking five ever hours to explain to, like, something. Have these that, conversations. Like, if I have her sitting next to me, it takes ten minutes. So as I try and sift through what you said, um, and I'm not at my best right now, but I feel like what you're saying is due to, so due to cycles that repeat themselves, due to generations, right? Due to us being raised by other people and those people being raised by people, etc. cetera. Um, I think that the majority of people in the world, let's say, may lead with the emotional part of the brain then the logical part of the brain is what he's saying. Mm-hmm. Last night, Which there, there I, needs to be a balance. First off, last, I need to mention last that. night. Mm-hmm. What I said to you was that, yeah, I mean, they do absolutely. I was like, but you know, there's obviously people out there in the world who actually lead with their logical, and due to that, they're not able to even tap into the emotional, which, which makes is also them a then, problem. Which which could come off as socially awkward, which could even come off as like. I mean, several things, the spectrum or it can come off as like, just like, you know, disconnecting or avoiding or whatever. Right. Um, So you were basically explaining, giving the examples of how that is created over time in terms of how we're raised. Right. And how if individuals aren't coping in the healthiest way with, let's say, their emotions, Mm -hmm. if they're not able to utilize the wise mind, which is which is the middle between the reasonable and the emotional mind. That's really where we all want to get to the, the intuitive part of the brain. And they're not using it with a balance. Then you get a lot of just emotionally driven reactions that are happening. Let's say even in today's world, which, which would you label that as emotionally immature? Then what ends up happening is that people can then have this emotional immaturity. Yeah. Right. Which leads to potentially making bad decisions, right? Yeah. Or if, unthought if, through decisions because they're emotionally erratic, impulsive. Right. Yeah. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And fear, I would assume, is the number one driver of an emotional immaturity, right? Can be. No, I don't. I I wouldn't say that the feeling of fear in itself. The feeling of fear in itself is a very like you know common, valid feeling to have, right? So what I'm saying is, is, is feeling it's driving of it. a lot of yeah, like listen, what's happening it's in not society. The feeling though. it's the actual reactions that people are giving due to the feeling. So if the reactions are coming off as very erratic, irrational, unhealthy, impulsive, whatever, and that's most likely coming from the actually it is coming from the emotional part of the brain then, right, clearly that person has some level of emotional immaturity that they're not able to fully actually deal with, right, and cope with and really process out, you know, other feelings such as fear, anger, guilt, whatever it may be. But the feelings in itself 
are completely okay to have and have right. nothing to do with being emotionally immature. I that agree. I want to stress. I 100% agree. So it's okay to be scared, right? Now, what I'm trying to do right now is I'm going to try and really quickly break this down with the corona thing, it's right? It's not going to – why? Because no, I have to. Uh. <laughs> so if if you're not – if you're not scared of catching COVID and dying from it, right, that can be taken as in an illogical mindset, Right. If you're, if you're, if somebody's not scared of catching Corona, people look at you like you're crazy, right? I guess, I guess some people in society, I don't, but, I, but, but yes, some people in society would most likely think like okay. that. Okay. So if that's the point, so if, if there's somebody that's just like, all right, I'm not scared. I'm just going to live my life and, without fear. Right. And then, then they're like, oh, you can't do that. You're crazy. That's a crazy person. Okay, well, then let's look at the logical side. So if that's illogical to think like that, then let's look at the logical side. You look at the numbers. Less than 1% of the population has died from corona. So logically, you shouldn't be scared. Right? So there's the logical part. The illogical part is that you're scared or you're not scared. So, I mean, does that make sense? No, it makes sense, but I'm just trying to understand. I mean, did, would that make sense to somebody that is like, oh my God, Corona's killing everybody? Or, or are they it trapped in this emotional, emotional part of, the brain. Part of yes. the brain? This is what I'm trying to get across to everybody, right? So, so if everybody, anybody who thinks that they're actually dealing in logic when they're thinking about Corona, well, actually think about how many people have died and how many people are actually in this world that are alive and the percentages are are very small not to say that those lives are insignificant not at all but in the big picture in the overall picture like when have you ever been scared of anything that killed less than one percent of the of the people around you ever so how much longer are you, are you going to go on this coronavirus <sighs> numbers thing? I don't know. And I don't know until somebody like, actually when are you says, gonna just, wow, Joe. When are you like, going to just, just surrender and just have your thoughts? It's fine. And have your opinions. It just and blows my mind. Else... All, right, all right. Well, this is why I'm getting deeper into like this whole like mindset. Like I'm, I'm not so I'm kind of getting away from like, all right, well, people don't think like that, I guess. But then I start thinking about like, all right, well, why don't people think like that? Well, goes back to when you're a baby, maybe. <laughs> well, there's several reasons. Yeah. Well, yes, that's. I'm. I'm not saying that that's the only thing, but you know, I'm sure. Say, take that baby example, and then that baby grows up over the course of 30, 40 years. They run into all kinds of things that build on top of that mm -hmm. fear, that create the scenario that we have right now, right? Well, or, or or that can prove the irrational thought that triggers the fear to be true in their world. Right. So 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 basically, if I if let's the media say, or, or if I have a thought, if I have a fear based thought, right? Um, and this is just like really dramatic, but like just for the sake of understanding, right? If I have a fear based thought that is anywhere that I go, 
um, someone's going to, you know, show up in the place and start shooting, shooting the place up, whether it's the movie theater or a store or target or whatever. Right. You're going to have different. If I have that thought. Right. And let's say one day either some crazy shit like that did happen to me. Or I was watching the news that day or whatever, and, and, and something happened at a school or whatever, a shooting happened. Then what happens that in that moment is it confirms my irrational fear-based thought as being true to me in those moments. Like, see, I knew it. It's right. See, it happens all the time, right? Versus kind of take, taking a step back going into the logic and kind of going, okay, it happened, obviously, right? What are the odds and of these this things happening? can happen. We know that. But for me to also live my life in a state of I can't go anywhere because I'm scared that someone's going to run up into the store and start shooting up would be absolutely irrational, right? Right. And I think that, I mean, this is my only opinion, my own opinion, is that if someone is watching TV or the news on a regular basis, it's painting this picture of like these bad things that are happening all the time. But if you just turn off the news for a month and just go live your life, uh-huh. your neighbors are awesome. You go to the grocery store, the cashier's saying, hi, have a great day. You look beautiful. Like normal life is not scary for the most part. I mean, I guess if you're living, it depends on your environment, I guess. But Right, but this goes uh, back to then people having to have those skills right in order to do that because when i hear you say that i go okay well that means that somebody would have to have a certain amount of mindfulness skills that means that somebody would have to have a certain amount of like emotional maturity that means that somebody would have to have the ability to actually cope in like a healthy way because now that's called restructuring right so cognitive restructuring i'm changing my thoughts which is not the easiest thing to do especially if you're battling some kind of anxiety with that or something you know um so now that's what you're getting into and so that, that that would be assuming that people in the world can do that. But we know that not everyone is able to do that. Why? Because let's say maybe how they were, right? What they were taught growing up, okay? Which actually, that's the key right there, what you were taught growing up, you know? I mean, where do we learn anything from? Not just our parents, schools, friends, you know, like tons of, you know, influences in our lives. So, you know where this money came from? And I know I'm remembering is remember that movie? What was the movie that we watched the other night? What was it called? It was with the, the space one, where the kids. Oh involved. yeah, I fell asleep in that one too. Weird. Uh, ah oh, damn, it was good. Anyways, yeah. it was about about these. Earth is dying with Anna they're Kendrick. Send, Anna Kendrick they're, was they're, in it. They're sending these kids Russell Crowe right. into space to go to this planet, but it's not the kids that are gonna make it there. It's the the kids' kids. So their grandkids, their grandkids are actually going to be the ones make to make it, it to this. But throughout this whole journey to this other planet, it's they have be to reproduce two cycles. Anyways, uh, where did I say that it was like um, it didn't make sense? And these are learned behaviors. Oh yeah, because one of the kids starts getting like really crazy. So none of them are taught like to hate each other. They were all obviously supposed to be on this ship for generations. And obviously the people that are training them, they're teaching them to 
interact with each other and be happy and co coexist. No, what right? they're doing. No, no, no. What they did was they taught them to have no memory and no knowledge of Earth or anything other than what they know. So right. all they know is that is, what is that they're, they're is that they're living in this building with computers and other kids their age and they basically just have to do math and just all this scientific astronaut shit um because as long as they have no memory of anything else other than that that means that they can't miss they're not going to be emotionally um uh, reactive in this experiment right so everything's going to be very analytical logic bam 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 straight straight to the point what happened was was that they were they were putting something in their drink to like to basically like stunt the ability to to write for for them to stunt the ability to actually utilize the emotional part of the brain. So it kind of numbs them out, makes them kind of more docile and stuff like that. So they're not being so reactive. They're just doing what the fuck they have to do. Right. When they found out that there was a chemical in there, they stopped drinking. And then what happened? Natural hormonal stuff happened because by this time they were adolescents. So right. now it was like testosterone's kicking yeah. in, all this stuff's kicking in, sex drive and all this stuff. And their whole point was they wanted to hold back their sex drive because they didn't want them to reproduce at such a young age. So there right, was like a there timing. Was too many of them. Right, the right, ship, right. And right. there's limited amount of food and all this stuff. It was wild, but yeah. Yeah. So once they got off this blue stuff, I call it fluoride. Uh, they the the kids one in particular really starts getting aggressive and and then he starts like saying things to like like one of the other girls they kind of split the ship in half and like very he's, like, sexually making, inappropriate he's like making fun of her and like you know making fun of her weight and and whatever and i'm like how did he learn that? How did he learn that? Right. That's a learned behavior. So this movie's bullshit. That's what I said. <laughs> right. That's what you said. You were like, how did he even learn this? Because he was raised in this setting for so long. He wouldn't even and know then how they to took like, the blue call drink away. Fat. So so the only thing that's really guiding him to do anything like that would be the fact that his tea is now increasing, right? And his hormones are there. So now he's feeling certain things. But still, the the the, the verb, action and the behavior the of saying hey you're this and being verbally abusive and being very aggressive in terms of because he almost raped this chick where did that come now from? assertiveness in, in the, the the drive sex drive could, well he was aggressive yeah then now was, that could be okay testosterone you know justified mouth, or whatever you know. but like the the actual words and the, the language that he like uses, you stupid bitch yeah where, where where did he get you stupid bitch if nobody in his life ever in this damn program ever, ever said, said to the word bitch or and stupid. they all are men, right. known to like respect yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, I think that's maybe kind of no, but, <laughs> but that's a good point. Uh, anyways, so the stowaway. Nope, that was another one, but that was a good one too. Um, oh no, Voyager, Voyager, Voyagers, Voyagers. It was yeah. good. Yeah, it's actually a good movie. Minus that bullshit that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But that's and then that's what drives the whole movie. Yeah. You know, and then they lose me because it's not realistic because but, you know, people that don't understand this. Joe movie. doesn't like watching things that are not realistic in any Unless way, I go into form. it and I know. And like then if I'm gonna go watch it a, for you. If I'm gonna go watch like a Superman movie or something like that, I go into it knowing like everything this is in this fake is gonna and be this fake. is stupid. Right. So but, it, but if it's something it. that's trying to be like real, like this could actually happen and then shit like that happens, then I'm like, you just lost me. That that could never happen and it's bullshit. Uh, yeah, I ruin things.
You are. You're such a ruiner sometimes. <laughs> such a oh. ruiner. Sugar. And eh. At least I'll, have at fun least with I'll sugar. watch the movie. Sugar. Movies. Eh. Can't have fun with movies with this guy. Listen, you want to get into sugar now? <laughs> this one is an addicted addict. <sighs> Let me just first... Let's really like... Okay. I have... Okay, so I've worked in the field. Okay, 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 okay. I've I've worked in the field of addiction for a very, very long time. Specialize with uh, um, uh, drug addiction, alcohol addiction. Okay. Uh, then I got out of the field because you know I just wanted to do some other stuff. Became a director of some treatment facilities, and then I went into private practice. And now that I'm in private practice, I no longer really deal with addiction uh, because I just think differently towards it throughout the years. But um, lots of experience in that. lots of experience. So it's interesting because throughout my life, I have always eaten like sweets, love sweets, love a good, I don't know, freaking cinnamon roll. But I haven't been able to eat so many things because now I'm gluten free and dairy free. And so all the good shit's not like you, it's, it's hard to find. However, we just recently found a gluten-free vegan bakery that's down the street, which has literally uh, not been helpful Danger. For, for me. So anyway, I never realized, as many addicts don't realize or don't really want to admit, that I had a problem with sugar. Like, I was just like, I just like eating sweets, you know, just like anyone. I just like shooting heroin. You know, like, no, just d- didn't think that you had a problem, right? They actually, hold on. So it, it, there is a, it is a fact that co- uh, sugar is actually more addictive than cocaine, I believe. I'm not going to, I'm not going to stand firm on that. Yeah. From what I have researched that. But I, I do know that, let, let's say like nicotine is, so quitting nicotine is on the same level as quitting heroin. The, the, um, withdrawal symptoms are different, obviously. Right. But the emotional and mental aspect is, is, is actually pretty severe. So with sugar, I didn't really like think of it as that. I just thought about it as I like sugar. So anyway, it wasn't until I got with Joe, who I call the sugar Nazi, um, <laughs> that I realized throughout the years that I guess I have an addiction to sugar and I guess I got to be honest about it. And, you know, clearly I'm not proud and I'm being really serious about this. This is something that I'm not even like, I really do have a pro I, I truly have a problem with I sugar. I mean, it's gotten better though over the past couple of years since we've been together, right. but it's still now also you have to mention because like Aaliyah has inflammation issues, whether it's the, the arthritis or your um, colitis. colitis. They're all based in inflammation. And one of the number one causes of inflammation is sugar, right? Yeah. So I'm like, listen, you're at this point where you you got things going on in your body. Why don't you reduce sugar to the most minimalist amount as right. possible for your own health? Right, right, which makes sense. I'm not saying that it doesn't, right? There's nothing so makes, wrong makes, with like... It makes total sense. There's nothing wrong with like having a cupcake now and then or whatever. There's, there's nothing wrong with that. But like... If you have to have so much a day, we're only supposed to have 30 grams of sugar a day, supposedly. Actually, most people could probably survive on zero grams of sugar a day. But I guess because of the society, we just said 30 is okay, but even 30 is a lot. Right. I feel like I consume 30 within like... Oh, that's... Yeah. 
Jesus, like 20 minutes or something like that, you know, like, so... I'm just trying to get her to read more of the labels. Right, really. right, that's, right, right, That's the first step. Yeah. So anyway, I think it was the other day that we were talking about it because sugar came up again because I didn't look at a label and blah, 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 and here comes a sugar Nazi. And so it came up again, and then I got, I felt very... um I would assume from working with, you know, addicts that this is most likely how they felt in terms of having to give up something that you, well, for addicts, let's say that they've been using as a way to numb, right? And as a way to escape their reality for a very long time and make themselves feel better about their lives without even really realizing that. For me, it was a fear of just giving up something that I've been, I mean, I've been literally on sugar ever since. Like my grandmother, when I was like maybe six or something, would like feed me cafe con leche with like a nice amount of sugar in there. Like a nice amount. Like my dad only has one sugar in his coffee and I'm like, gross, it's disgusting. Give me seven. You know, like, so like it's it's really a thing. So I got, I kind of started feeling some anxiety when we were talking about it because I was like, I don't know if I can. And the whole reason is not even just because of my inflammation as to why it is that this needs to be decreased. It was also because... We all know that when you're raising a child, your children are sponges mm. and they learn from you. And we are trying to raise soul with, you know, somewhat really, you know, healthy eating habits and not on sugar. And it just so happens because I'm in my mind, sugar is like it. I always end up like getting her things that I don't even realize in my mind have so much sugar until he sees it. And he's like, you don't think that 20 grams of sugar is a lot, you know? And I'm like, like, she'll get like this, like dairy-free yogurt or gluten-free whatever and she'll be like well it's gluten-free i was like yeah but it's got like 20 grams of sugar like right that's this kid's like whole day's intake right. in like one snack right so basically what i told you was that i feel as though i can't be firm with soul when it comes to the sugar because that would then make me a hypocrite and i don't like feeling like a hypocrite and so then it was like, well, that then would mean that I then, if I want to show my child healthier eating habits, would have to change my life around and start eating a little healthier and decrease the sugar. That then triggered a whole um, <laughs> sugar anxiety, a whole that. thing in me, and I felt very like. Remember, I think I was like, I was like, you were super defensive, and it was super like, defensive. It was like I was talking to a crackhead. Yeah, super defensive. I was like, crack. yeah, well, you no, know, it was wild. She was really mad. No, it was really mad. And then it like dawned on me that I was like that. I was like, <gasps> which was oh, the realization my moment, right? God, like this yeah. is crazy. Um, so I don't know, that's what I'm battling right now. Yeah, and and it really makes you realize, right, that like what. If you, everybody has a vision of their kids being like these healthy eaters and these amazing people or whatever, right? But if you don't think about this really deep and think like, all right, how did they become this amazing person if I'm not this amazing person? Not saying like, sure, but you get what I'm saying? Like, uh, so we try our best to catch each other and, and, and catch ourselves and, Think about like, all right, if I want soul to be this like loving person and caring and thoughtful and healthy eating and 
you know, whatever social alcohol, whatever, then I literally need to be all those things 24 seven constantly. We actually both need to, if we both want her to be that way, because otherwise she's not going to be that way. Because where is she learning everything from? Right here, sitting right here. These are the right. only people. And then the other people that are around, like grandparents or whatever, she picks up things. But like for the most part, where are the ones? So it's such a huge. It. It's such a huge. It's a responsibility. Role. It's such a huge responsibility, and like it's like you always know that you know, like on a logical level, right? But emotionally, it doesn't really kick in. I don't think until you're really like living the life and until you have these moments, you know, and until, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, like this, she is like completely art. Like we have to raise this human being to, I guess, be the best and healthiest human being possible. Like, like she won't really know even really what alcohol is coming from our house. Um, I mean, she'll know, but I mean, she won't think of, she won't she, think of it. We don't it want, we definitely don't want her to like relate alcohol to like, relief of stress and like partying and having a good time we want her to be able to have a good time without alcohol right. not to say that she won't drink alcohol when she gets older or have some wine right. here and there or whatever but she'll have a different mindset about of, it yeah you know there's there's a, there's a different label attached to it right? right labels where are these labels created from they're created from our childhood you guys um and we pick right. them up from other people right so most of the times we have these messages, these belief systems that we think are ours, that we created mm -mm. when actually other people created them. And then as we got older, we just took them on as ours. So for example, if I grew up in an environment where I was, I don't know, called a piece of shit, just like a really, you know, harsh example, but if let's say if I did, right, um, then that would mean that I would most likely eventually over time, I'd have some self-esteem issues, I'm sure, right? I'd probably most likely think that I was a piece of shit, especially if my own parents are calling me a piece of shit, right? Mm. So now here I am at, let's say, 20-something years old, and I have this shitty self-esteem, and I see myself in this really, you know, just like distorted way, and I believe that to be true. That was never my fucking truth. That was my caregiver's truth because they were the ones that told me I was a piece of shit. But I never told myself at six years old that I was. I heard it. Right. And now the belief system is that. And these can even come Does from like specific moments, not like obviously some parent piece of shit is kind of like you went a little overboard on that one. I have to go overboard <laughs> so that people really understand, you know, how these belief systems work. It can happen with anything. But like. How about stupid, right? Don't uh, stupid's a good one. That stupid probably happens piece often, of shit right? Is the same. No, I know. Talking about, but I mean, same. like, like a, a parent might just say to like a two-year-old, "Stop being stupid." No, right? no, 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 no. There's a difference, okay? If you say "stop being stupid," let's say, and it happened one time. One time, yeah. Right? In your no, whole no, no, life, yeah. I don't see that really having right. much impact. I'm talking about the person that basis, lives in an yeah. environment that on a regular basis, everything they do is just shitty, to, you know, and, and it's being either verbalized or nonverbal, okay? So meaning you can still get messages sent to you that are distorted and irrational even through nonverbal behavior, right? So let's say my kid comes up to me and she's like, mom, 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 I got an A, look, I'm so excited. And I literally dismiss her and don't even say anything and continue about my phone call, that's a message. Right, 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 right. And if that continuously happens, that right. means something. That'll be a thought that you think that you created in your mind of how you are and how things right. should be. When in reality, but really, it's not. it was your parents that did that, 
right? Or that like uh, create like that like inst- helped helped to install it, and then as you got older, you kind of just went with it. So getting back to the sugar thing, then how why do you think that like that was installed in your head? Because your your parents. Well, when I just, think back on it, know, sugar was a your mom's got diabetes. My dad right? wasn't a sugar person. He was very like sugar free candy, sugar free gum, sugar free this, sugar free that. Da, 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 da. We were always probably like, because Ugh. your mom was. So... Um, but my mother always had like these tasty cakes, or we always had like devil dogs and like all these things growing up. And I was a little chunkier when I was like younger, you know. Like so, I loved sweets. My mom loved sweets. She now has diabetes. So see, there, there, there's an, a good example of, of two parents not being on the same page with something, mm-hmm. and it, you see like the the strict restrictive side of your dad. So and then your mom allowed it. Mm-hmm. So you were like, oh, it's okay, it's okay, but just hide it from dad or whatever right when i was younger i mean i don't know if she said that but, but i mean that's the mindset right that but developed. i also know that over time as we got older my dad i think then started just because he likes sweets also that guy i mean he's always eating like goobers this is his fucking favorite candy and but like, he didn't you know, want you guys eating stuff. It. right so, so he didn't like, actually anything, live the he, life right 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 so see and that's what you get you had a sugar addict at 40 years 39 years old this sugar addiction is real. I actually did use this example in one of my sessions with a patient because I was trying to relate to them. And I was like, listen, I know it may sound different, but I'm a sugar addict. (laughs) Like straight up, like I love sugar. And so I get what you're saying and I hear where you're coming from because man, it is difficult. It really is. So then what are you planning on doing? Well, I've I've already cut down my sugar intake. You know that. We have been getting... Like more keto things with like monk fruit or stevia, which stevia I'm still not sure. I mean, it's a natural plant. I haven't done enough research, but it's not sugar, and I know it doesn't get processed the same way. So if anybody has any information on that, you know, shoot us a DM. Yeah, I know. Uh, monk fruit and stevia. If there's any kind of negative side effects to that, uh, whether your body can't process it properly or yeah. whatever, you know, let us know. But yeah, she's she's kind of. We got these little cookies. Actually, they're made out of monk fruit and they're keto, and she thinks that they're too sweet. <laughs> so they, they got a different It's not flavor, that they're sweet. Taste. They have a different – it's a different sweetness to it. So you're like the good eating a cookie to have this kind of sweetness is weird. Like they don't really go together. It's like cut crack. I don't know what cut crack is. <laughs> you, cut, with, cut you, with something else. You, you definitely don't know what that is. Cut with uh, some – some diluter. That's what monk fruit is to you, probably. Anyways. Joe doesn't know anything what he's talking about. Joe's the purest, right. purest person in the whole wide world. He's never done anything. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll just leave it at that then. Um, oh no, so is there anything else? No, but really, you really haven't done anything. You're completely like you're like a virgin to so many things. I've done things. I've done this guy hasn't done anything. He doesn't know what he's talking. We did about. acid a lot in shrooms. That's probably why I think the way I think now. You gotta stop wearing these pants. Why? Because you're bold. Well, these they're pants. super high they're right so now. They're so high and tight. On... Stop looking at my penis. <gasps> oh my god! Oh my god. oh my god! They're gonna take us off the podcast airways. Oh my god! We're getting sexual. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, Speaking of sex, last night was like the first time that we actually actually had that we actually had sexual relations off the cusp at nighttime because she's usually sleeping. It's usually got to be like, especially with uh, daughters, like during the day, like it's either during her nap time. Yeah, we're like scheduling it in. Anything after seven o'clock is tough for me. This was like nighttime actually it was a, it was like literally at like 1 30 in the morning i know i felt like <laughs> I was like, like the old me where i was like yeah. raring to go yeah we gotta get you on this delta i'm gonna sneak that in your freaking smoothie every morning now <laughs> uh, amazing well i mean i think we're good here uh, happy mother's day everyone yes happy mother's day everyone. uh we're also gonna you know do another podcast probably tomorrow so this one will hopefully come out on monday or tuesday and then we'll probably have some back-to-backs this week just because we're trying to catch up from the past couple weeks we've been a little behind but um yeah this has been a good one i mean we're kind of all over the place but we structured it once you pop back in then it was this is i can't do a podcast by myself this is why i've never done a podcast by myself i clearly want to to. clearly had to save you my podcast would be like freaking eight hours long. Like of just like on. so many people would listener. get lost. Yeah. Because people would be like, what the fuck is he talking about right now? And I'd be like, oh, you just got to go the listen The only person who hours. would understand would be David. <laughs> David. <laughs> he's listening right now, actually. that's a, He's the only one listening right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's listening because he gets it. He gets what's going on. We got to have David on actually at some point. David and Melissa, yeah, uh, they're are like bestest friends ever. They're super spiritual, intellectual, smart, and and they, they have, own a really awesome like clothing t-shirt slash company. T-shirt company. It's, it's called Mad Love by Design. Yeah, we'll uh, tag them in this when we post this, and um, yeah, they have like super positive shirts. Uh, three words, really cool all organic materials, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we got to have them on at some point because uh, we will, those podcasts will be like three hours long. Oh my God. We'll have like part <laughs> one, part two, part three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll we'll just, just be fucking David and talking. Joe just talking away. <laughs> really, everybody will get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got this other thing. What's it called? The Healy. And it actually like... Actually, we should talk about that on, on one of the episodes. And no one yeah. knows what we're talking about right now, but... Um, it's we pretty cool stuff yeah. because it actually, it, it called out my, my, um, your eczema issues, thing. Your eczema. Yeah, it was crazy. Numular eczema to be exact. Whatever. It's gone by the way, because I healed myself. But anyways, this Healy thing, it's, it's, it's this, uh, frequency thing that sends the proper frequencies through your body. It actually scans your body, finds out which frequencies you're missing because we're all vibrating at mm-hmm. certain different frequencies. Right. And it analyzes your body and it gives you the right frequencies and it tells you what you're lacking, what you, you have too much of or whatever. But, yeah, we can have them on and talk about that all day long. Literally. Definitely. Freaking five-day podcast. <laughs> Definitely. Okay. All right, everyone. It was so lovely being here with you on this Mother's Day. I know that I'm going to just, like, enjoy the rest of my day. And go to bed at 5 o'clock. Go to bed really early. And that's my day. That's my all day. right. Love you guys. Happy Mother's Bye. Day. Bye. Love you all.